darkness held me down, but Jesus pulled me out, and I'm no longer brown. I'm so glad He saved me. See, I am a new creation in Christ. The old is gone, there's new life, and I live by faith, not by sight. Hallelujah! There is a new
let's shout a little bit this morning. Hallelujah, we thank you, Jesus. We thank you that we are who you say. Hallelujah. In you, Jesus, we are new creations. In you, Jesus, we are saved, we are set free, we are changed forever. Hallelujah. We thank you, Jesus, that we put all of our hope in you, Jesus, for you are faithful. Hallelujah. Put our trust in you and in your word, God, that can never fail. Oh 
in our strife. Mm. But as we wait upon you, you'll give us your strength. And you'll enable us to do what we could not do on our own. That you will work through us and you will give us all that we need to walk out and fulfill your will. And Lord, right now, if there's any of us that have been maybe guilty of just striving and we feel a little weary, we feel a little exhausted, right now we say, Lord, we cast this care and burden upon you. Mm-hmm. And Lord, we thank you that the strength that we do not have in ourselves, you will freely supply through your Holy Spirit so that we'll be able to stand through this trial, we'll be able to fulfill our divine calling, and we will be able to finish this race in a spirit of victory and joy. Now, Father, I pray for every thirsty soul, you would just fill them afresh as they lift up their cup to you as an act of their surrender and faith. You would fill them and you'd refresh them and they'd find a renewing and a fresh impartation of all the strength they need to do whatever life calls them to do. In Jesus' name and all God's people said, Amen. Amen. God bless you. You may be seated. Praise the Lord. Well, good morning. It's so good to see everybody out. And uh, amen. Amen. Good to have everybody. It's so good. If you have your Bibles, you can turn to Colossians and the children. You're dismissed at Children's Church. Hallelujah. There they go. Ready to. Amen. Bye, buddy. If you have your Bibles, if you would go to Colossians chapter number one, we are continuing our sermon series from this book. And we're in part two of a message that is entitled, Crown Him Lord of All. Crown Him Lord of All. Colossians one, beginning with verse 13. And the Bible says, for he has rescued or delivered us from the dominion of darkness. And he's brought us into the kingdom of the son he loves in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. Speaking of Jesus, now he is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation. For by him all things were created, things in heaven, earth, on the earth, visible things, invisible, whether they be thrones or powers, rulers or authorities. All things were created by him and for him. He is before all things, and in him all things hold together. He is the head of the church, head of the body of the church. He is the beginning, the firstborn from among the dead, so that in everything he might have the supremacy. For God was pleased to have all his fullness dwell in him and through him to reconcile to himself all things, whether things on earth, heaven, by making peace through his blood shed on the cross. Lower me just a hair because I don't like to hear myself too much. Amen. Well, again, we walk through Colossians, the first chapter, and we are dealing with the fact that some false teachers had infiltrated the church, and Paul is contending for the faith. He's concerned about these young believers, so he's writing to them, and he's exposing the lies of the false teachers. He's teaching them the truth we have in Christ. And again, so far Paul has given thanks for the good things he heard about this young church. And then he's recorded his prayer that he's been praying for them. And now he begins to lift up Jesus. He gives us one of the greatest declarations of Christ throughout the entire Word of God. And again, the reason... That Paul writes this letter, false teachers and teachings had crept into the church. They were deceiving and confusing the faith of these young believers. They are attacking the person and the work of the Lord Jesus Christ. His deity, his finished work on the cross, his salvation, his exclusivity, his unique authority. And the apostle begins to deal with three issues in three um, areas of Christ. Number one, we started last week, Christ, the divine Savior. Christ, the divine Savior. Jesus, the only Savior. And last week we looked at that and we, we stopped and we had a couple more sub-points. Now remember the false teachers. They, they taught the people that to find God, to find God. 
I always get tickled when people talk about finding God, but God's never been lost. Amen? Not, not one day, never been lost. But they, they said in order to find God, that um, they, they need a deeper revelation. They had to ascend and become enlightened. And Paul said, no, that's not it at all. You can't ascend. He had to descend. Jesus came. God came. Jesus came. He descended. And revealed God to us. And he made a way for us. He made God known. He related to us. That he might redeem us and bring us to himself. And we studied last time that, that verse 13. Number one, he rescued us. Or he delivered us from the power and the dominion of darkness. He rescued us. He delivered us from sin's power and sin's penalty. And one glad morning, even from sin's presence, we'll never have to be in such a such an age or such a world again. He rescued us, but thank God he didn't stop there. He brought us out, but then he brought us in. Because the Bible says that he brought us into his kingdom. He brought us into a good kingdom, a righteous kingdom, a loving kingdom, a peace kingdom. He brought us out that he might bring us in and he made us new creatures and he gave us new life and gave us a new place and gave us a new privilege and now we have been rescued from the dominion of darkness and that old kingdom that had us swayed, that whole kingdom that had us bound, we've been set free from that and we've been lovingly ushered into the kingdom of the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. And then we stopped, and this is where we begin this week, verse 14, not only did he rescue us, but he has redeemed us. Verse 14, in whom we have redemption. Now the word redemption means to release a prisoner or to release a slave by payment of a ransom. Now that was um, a term that the church would understand in the Roman Empire, literally Millions of slaves were there. Some estimate up to 60 million slaves in the Roman Empire. So they would understand the concept that a man could purchase a slave and set him free. But that's exactly what Jesus did for us when he went to the cross. He paid the price of his own blood to purchase us and set us free from sin and set us free from Satan's kingdom. And again, and though now some are saved and people walk with God, but Satan still tries to accuse us and um, condemn us and imprison us because of our past. And we know that, yes, at one time we were held bound, but since we've come to Jesus, we're able to say thanks be to God, the ransom has been paid and God holds it against me no more. Can you say amen? He redeemed us. Now again, to redeem simply means to purchase and set free by paying a price. And the price that Jesus paid was his own blood. The only currency that heaven accepts if you want your sins forgiven and a right standing with God is the blood of Jesus. Nothing else will suffice. We've said this before. There's a barber shop in Dallas, Texas. It has a sign. In God we trust. All others pay cash. The only currency... That they'll accept his cash. Well, friends, in heaven, the only currency God the Father accepts is the blood of Jesus Christ. If you want to get to heaven, it's only through the blood of Jesus Christ. Our works aren't good enough. Our achievements can never earn it. No matter how good we think we are, we will always fall short. The only currency that heaven accepts is the blood of Jesus. Can you say amen? And since you and I were so precious to God, because you and I were deemed valuable to God, and we were dearly loved by God, and deemed precious in His sight, God sent His Son, and He shed His precious blood to redeem us and to set us free. The only currency that God accepts is the blood of Jesus. I couldn't earn it. I couldn't achieve it. I could not work it off by doing good deeds. But oh God did for me what I could never do for myself. He sent His Son to pay that price and make a way that I could be forgiven and I could receive a right standing before the holy God of the universe. Can you say 
Amen. And it's the blood of Jesus. Look, Peter said it like this. Let's look at how Peter um, 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 expresses this. First Peter 1, 18 and 19. For you know that it was not with perishable things. I mean, even things like silver and gold were not good enough, were not valuable enough, were not precious enough to redeem us. Oh man, sin is a serious thing, is it not? Not even gold or silver could sway the Almighty God, but we were redeemed from our empty way of life, not through those things, verse 19, but with the precious blood of Jesus, a lamb without blemish and a lamb without defect. Oh friend, aren't you glad this morning that the blood of Jesus was shed for you? Aren't you glad this morning that God didn't say try to earn it yourself as he knew we couldn't, but in his great mercy and love, because God deemed you precious, he sent his son to shed precious blood to bring you back to God, to make a way where you could be forgiven before God on the cross of Calvary. You remember how Jesus cried, it is finished. In the Greek, that was literally a banking term. Paid in full. When the debt was finally paid, it is finished. Paid in full. And Jesus paid the price for your sin and my sin. When He shed His blood in our place as our substitute. And when you receive Christ by faith, when you put your faith in Christ and His work on that cross, that payment, that price gets applied to you. gets applied to your account. And it becomes your ransom. And it becomes your pardon. It becomes your freedom. It becomes your forgiveness. It's important to know that sin has been paid for. And God does not hold it against us anymore. Is anybody glad about that? Somebody, it's been paid. Let me say it again. Somebody, it's been paid. Stop letting the devil beat you up over it, belittle you because of it, remind you of it again and again. If you've repented of it, if you've come and confessed it before God, that blood has cleansed you. God remembers it no more, so don't you remember it no more. Say amen to that. Don't beat yourself up. I like the way Dr. Tony Evans puts it like this. He says, at a restaurant... If uh, someone takes me and someone else pays for me, well, then obviously I'm not going to pay. And secondly, I don't feel guilty when I walk out without paying. Why? Because there's no debt. It's been paid by another. The debt does not exist. And we must remember when we come to Christ and we believe in him, that precious blood cleanses us. And God the Father takes our sins and places them as far as the east is from the west. They're no longer held against you. So you can walk in the freedom of that. You can walk in the victory of that. You can have peace within your heart knowing that God has forgiven me because of the goodness and grace of Jesus Christ. It's been paid. The Almighty has accepted the payment and my sins are held against me no more. Here we go. Verse 14. Just notice that as we close this down. Verse 14. In whom? It's in Jesus. In whom? In Jesus. Every good thing you have from God comes through Jesus Christ. There is nothing we have in God that has not come through the grace of God. We don't earn it. We'll never achieve it. Everything we have has come through Christ and Christ alone. In whom we have. Notice we have. The believer's redemption is a present possession. We're not waiting for some glad morning for this. Today, you could know your sins are forgiven. Today, you could know you have your place in heaven. Today, you can know you stand righteous before the holy God of the universe. It says today, in whom we have. It's not that I'm looking for. If you have Jesus, you have the forgiveness of sins. You have a right standing before God. You are now a son and daughter of God. And that old Jew and that old person has no more hold or control over you. We have redemption. We've been released by that precious blood, never to be condemned by it again. Praise be his name. Now, redemption leads us to forgiveness. Verse 14, in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. Now, this forgiveness means to cast away, to send away, to cancel a debt. Jesus not only set us free and brought us into a new kingdom, but he has canceled every debt that was ever against us, never to be enslaved by it again. Forgiveness 
in the Greek, this word for forgiveness literally means sending away. It speaks of the removal of our sins. So there never ever a barrier that separates us from God again. It speaks of a pardon and a remission of a penalty. Because of what Jesus has done for us, friend, God has sent away our sins never to be remembered and never to be found again. Can you say amen to that? Look at Psalm 103 and verse 12. Amen. Hallelujah. Psalm 103 and verse 12 says, As far as the east is from the west, so far has he removed our transgressions from us. Man, that's good news. If there ever was any good news. Amen. So the debt has been canceled and God remembers our sins no more. Number one, those um, false teachers were teaching that Jesus was just one of many spiritual beings that would try to bridge the gap. Paul's uh, attacking that. Paul's contending with that. Paul is addressing that. He's saying, no, Jesus and Jesus Christ alone is the only way to salvation. He's the only Savior, Christ alone, the divine Savior. And then secondly, he writes, Christ alone, the eternal creator. Look, if you would, at verses 15 through 17. Verses 15 through 17, and we start afresh. Speaking of Jesus, he is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation. For by him all things were created, things in heaven, on earth, visible and invisible, whether they're thrones or powers, rulers or authorities, All things were created by him and for him. He is before all things, and in him all things hold together. Christ, the eternal creator. The most serious aspect of the Colossian heresy was its rejection of the deity of Christ. Again, the false teachers taught that Jesus was just one of many um, intermediaries. Just like today, false churches, cults, try to tell you there's many ways to heaven. There's not. There's only one way, and his name is Jesus. He's the door. There is no other door. And and he's dealing with this. Again, he's dealing with the, the exclusiveness of Christ. Only Christ. The preeminence of Christ. We said it early in the last couple of messages. He's got to be more than prominent. Jesus must be preeminent in your life or heaven will not be your home. And Paul begins, verse 15, to deny this error that Jesus is just one of created beings that try to connect us back to God. And he proclaims the deity of Christ. Jesus is, always, was God. In verse 15, you're going to see two powerful descriptions of Jesus and who Jesus really is. The image and the firstborn. So we want to look at this. Um, Verse 15, he is the image of the invisible God, the image of the invisible God. Jesus took the invisible God and made him known to mortal understanding and mortal minds and human beings. Jesus perfectly represented God to man in a form they could see, in a form they could know and understand, both in likeness and in manifestation. He is the image of the invisible God, both in revelation and both in representation. He is the image of the invisible God, Now, the word that Paul uses here in verse 15 emphasizes, again, both that Jesus is the representation and the manifestation. He was God manifesting himself in a way that human beings could see him, hear him, touch him. He is the full and final, complete revelation. No one else coming. He's it. He is God in human flesh. The Bible talks about this. For instance, John 1 and 1. John 1 and 1. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The Word was God, talking of Jesus. John 1 and 18, John 1 and 18. No one has ever seen God, but God, the one and only who is at the Father's side, has made Him known. Jesus came to reveal God to mortal understanding. John 14 and 9, Jesus said this himself. He said, if you've seen me, guess what? You've seen the Father. And he said, what are you asking? Show me the Father. If you've seen me, you've seen the Father. Because I'm God. 
In essence, God is invisible, but Jesus Christ has revealed him to us. People ask, what is God like? The answer is, look at Jesus. People struggle and come up with some crazy concepts of God that they don't have to. Because God has come in the Lord Jesus Christ and made himself known to mortal understanding. What is God like? Look at Jesus. People ask, is God caring? Is he a compassionate, loving God? Well, look at Jesus. See him forgive the sinners. See him restore the the morally fallen and wayward. See him receive the rejected and despised. See him lift up those that have failed and fallen. See him showing them the God of a second chance, the God of mercy and grace, the God of new beginnings. See him as he compassionately looks upon the masses and he doesn't see them as sinners deserving their sin. He sees them as sheep without a shepherd that need to be brought back in. He looks at a city that's going to reject him and he doesn't send fire and brimstone. He weeps over that city because the heart of God is a compassionate heart. It's a loving heart that loves humanity, even lost rebellion humanity for God so love the world the world all the world the ugly world the sinful world the rebellious world that he sent his only begotten and unique son to die for them to shed his blood for them that they could be restored and they can be reconciled we see Jesus caring towards the individual even those that others had rejected even those that other human beings um, ignore and stay away from we see him touching the leper and taking away his defilement. We see him receiving this sinful woman. All she wanted was a second chance. All she wanted was someone to give her hope and forgiveness so she could do better the next time. And the religious world threw her aside. But not Jesus. He welcomed her and he received her and he gave her a brand new life. We see the one that cried out in desperation, in pain and torment. And Jesus went through a storm to reach one lowly, messed up man bound in sin, bound in a cemetery. But Jesus heard that cry. The love of God reached out to that man, set him free, put him in his right mind and restored him to his family. Oh, somebody, he is a good God. He is a loving God. He is a compassionate Savior. Look at him all the way to Calvary. And you see God's great love and care and compassion for you, for you, for me, for the entire world. And we thank God for that. Who is God like? What is God like? Look at Jesus. Is he a God that intervenes in the affairs of men? Or is he just some observer up there that judges us? Or is he just a cute philosophy or a slogan that we could say, And make it sound cute. Is he able to meet my needs? Is he able to touch lives personally? Is he able to change situations? Again, look at Jesus. See him speak to sickness. It's destroyed. Hear him command evil spirits and they obey. See him deal with troubled minds and give them peace. Broken hearts and homes and they find healing. Oh my Lord. Men and women find that are searching find hope and find meaning and find significance and find a purpose and find a place in the family of God because Jesus has revealed to us that this is a God that intervenes in the affairs of men. He's not just God of the masses. He's a God of the individuals. He's just not God of one type of person. He's God of the entire universe. And even into your life, He'll come. Even into your situation, He'll minister if you ask Him to, if you open your heart and allow Him to. What a Savior! Jesus Christ. He has power to intervene in lies. He has power and desire to minister to lies. Storms cease and torment stops and oppressions break because of the power of Jesus Christ invading and intervening and transforming hearts and lives. We are witnesses this morning that he's not a God just out there somewhere observing us, but he's a good God of power and grace that comes into our lives and changes us. We're here today because he changed us. We're here today because he came into our homes and he came into our hearts. He didn't pass by. He didn't look at us from afar with a scorer's judge card and 
instead when he heard our cry and he saw our needy condition, he reached into our place and he lifted us up and he made us who we are today. And we give God praise for that. Can you say amen? Oh, my Lord, my Lord, my Lord. Somebody, Jesus is doing today what he did 2,000 years ago. In the same way he ministered to lives then, he'll minister to your life. In the same way he healed broken hearts and homes then, he'll heal your heart and your home. He's got the power to speak peace to your storm. He's got power to lift you up and give you a new beginning. Oh, blessed be his name forevermore. People ask, is this God personally? Does the God of the universe care about me? People ask that question. Does he have time for me? A lot of important stuff going on in the world. Other human beings don't even care. Does the God of the universe? Is he interested in me? Does he know my problems? Does he know my past? Does he care about my story? Does he know the hurts I've gone through? Does he know the questions I have? Is he a God that will guide me and befriend me? Will he walk with me through these situations that sometimes seem overwhelming? Again, we look at Jesus and we listen to his words as he speaks to individuals, as he encounters men and women personally. He calls us as a personal invitation. He invites us come unto me and I will not reject you. Come to me if you're weary and you're lonely you're searching. If you're frustrated and I'll give you rest and I'll give you peace and I'll give you a friend like you never had before and I'll give you a purpose and I'll give you a comforter and I'll give you a confident and I'll give you someone you can talk to and I'll give you someone you can weep your tears on. I'll give you someone you can rest your heart upon. I'll give you something that you can just pour it out and, and I'll be there to listen to you and minister to you. He is a God of the individual. Listen, everybody is somebody to Jesus. Can you say amen to that? Let's say that. Everybody is somebody to Jesus. Tell the person next to you, you're somebody to Jesus. You are somebody to Jesus. You're somebody to Jesus. Jesus said, I am the good shepherd. And what did he say? And I know my sheep by name. I know you personally, lovingly, intimately. He knows our names. He knows our natures. And he knows our needs. What a shepherd we have. What is God like? Look at Jesus. What does God feel towards humanity? Well, listen to Jesus. He came to represent God. He came revealing God. Jesus was, is, always will be God. And he came to make God known to you and to me. Again, two powerful images we see in verse 15. Two powerful descriptions. One, the image of God. Only in Jesus. Is the invisible God revealed perfectly? Representation, manifestation. Jesus, all God, all man. And then he says he's the firstborn. The firstborn over all creation. Now firstborn means first in rank. First in place. First in status. First of importance. It's a title that refers to his exalted Position, not the timing of his birth. This is a word, little side issue, but this is a word where cults, false religions misinterpret or take this Greek word out of context, trying to say, well, he was created. No, it wasn't created. That, that word means first in rank. First in, the, the firstborn son gets the double inheritance. He's everything. And, that, and that's what the word means here. And I don't want to go too deep in that and lose anyone. But let's just look now, verse 15, now verses 16 and 17. For by him, all things were created. Jesus was the creator. He's the creator of the heavens and the earth. For by him all things, all things were created. Things in heaven and earth, visible, invisible, thrones, powers, rulers, authorities, a lot of things out there. All things, here it is, were created by him and for him. You see, that's why if you never come to Jesus, you'll never become the person you were intended to be. You'd be like a bird that never flew or a fish that never swam. All things were created by him and 
Unless you get connected with him, you'll never fulfill your divine purpose, your intended purpose from the beginning of time. Can't do it outside of him. Verse 17, he is before all things. And in him all things hold together. Isn't that good news? Praise the Lord to that. The Bible says he created all things. By him, through him, and for him. And he holds all things together. No wonder the winds and the waves obeyed him. No wonder disease and death fled before him. (laughs) All things were made by him and all things were under his command. My friend, isn't it comforting to know this morning that the arms that hold the universe are the arms that hold your life and your home and and your destiny. My God, the arms that control and sustain the universe are the arms that control our lives. And friend, that's a good thing to remind ourselves, especially when you're going through a rough patch or especially when that storm continues to rage and the pressure mounts. As the old song says, it's not I that holds the rock. Praise God, it's the rock that holds me. And again, the arms that hold the universe are the arms that hold you. And if Jesus is holding you together, there is no storm, there is no sickness, there is no attack from hell that can tear you apart. He holds you in the palm of His hand and He said, there is nothing that will take you away from me. Rest in the Lord, trust in His care, and know that you know that you know the God that spoke the world's into order, the God that sent His Son to die on that cross, rose again that third day. That God holds you, watches over over you, protects you, shields you, and will never let you go. Somebody say amen. Oh, what a glorious thought. You see, it's a beautiful thing to recognize the Creator. The Creator is my Redeemer. He'll care for me and He'll hold me. Christ, the eternal Creator. Not the created, but the Creator. The eternal an only mediator between a lost world and a holy God. Christ, the eternal creator, he existed before creation. Verse 15. He created all things. Verse 16. All things exist for him. Verse 16. Verse 17. He holds all things together. That's why the Bible says, cast your care on him because he cares for you. That's why the Bible says, lean on him. He will sustain thee. He'll never let the righteous fall. Oh, what a God, what a God, what a God. Hallelujah. Can you say amen to that? Amen. Praise the Lord. Jesus Christ, the divine Savior, Jesus Christ, the eternal creator. And next time, Jesus Christ, the builder and the head of his church. He says, I am building my church in the gates of hell. Will not prevail against it. And if you're part of that church, that means the gates of hell cannot prevail against you. What a glorious thought. What a glorious thought. I want to pause there. Because if we go any further, it'll take us a little too far. What a thought. That the one that spoke the worlds into order is the one that spoke his word into my heart. That the one that keeps everything orbiting as it's supposed to orbit is the one that holds me in the palm of his hand. What a source of comfort. What a source of rest. Well, what a source of strength. Amen? And look out and see the, the greatness and the hugeness of this world and the beauty of creation and recognize that all things were made by him and for him, including me. The same one that made everything so intricate, so, so marvelous. The Bible says we are also wonderfully and marvelously made. And Jesus stressed this often, the importance of recognizing the creator cares for his creation. Because like creation has a creator, children of God have a heavenly father of God. How often did Jesus say, listen, don't let the stress of life beat you up. Don't let the cares of this world just weigh you down. The same one that clothed the grass and the beautiful flowers of the field 
and feeds the birds. Well, he's the same one that knows the hair or lack thereof on your head. Come on, say amen to that. That's it. He, he, he knows. He knows that. He, the same one that feeds the, he's gonna feed you. He's gonna take care of you. The same one that watches over and he knows even when one little old sparrow falls. He knows every pain you have, every situation you go through. Oh, what a greatness to think about the greatness of creation and his intimate care for those he created. Especially those that he's redeemed and that have received him. Wow. Amen. You think about it. If he loved us so much when we were sinners, how much more now that we're sons? Amen. So I pray these truths that we've covered this morning will just encourage your heart and remind you of the great Savior and salvation that you have now, that you possess presently. Because this Jesus is your Jesus. This salvation is your salvation. And the peace and the privilege that goes with it belongs to you. So we just want to close by giving God praise and thanks. We just want to close our service simply by giving him thanks for this salvation. That God's been good to us. Can you say amen to that? He's brought us a mighty long way. He's been there. There's been times where life coulda, coulda, woulda, shoulda spit us out. But Jesus kept us going and Jesus held us. So we're going to sing and pray. If, If you're here today and you've never received Christ as Savior, well, someone will pray with if you'll come down and you can make things right between you and the living God. There isn't a hundred ways to heaven. There's only one. We can never earn our way to heaven. We're not that good. But God in his mercy says, I'll pay the bill if you'll come to me. I'll pay. I got the currency. I got it if you'll come to me. So if you're not here today and you need to get things right between you and God, come down as we sing. And someone will pray with you. If you're here today and you just need a touch from God, Maybe you need a healing touch. Maybe you just need some encouragement to fight that fight of faith. Well, come on, and we'll believe God with you and pray for you. Stand with me, please. Stand with me, please. We love you, Lord. We thank you, Lord. You've been so good to us. You've been so good. Hallelujah. 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 Dear God, you've been good. Dear God, you've been good. Father, we love you. And Lord, we just want to pause and thank you. That when we were lost, when we were straying, when we were a mess, you didn't ignore us. You didn't reject us. You didn't just walk on by us. But your amazing grace reached out to us. You opened our eyes. You awakened our heart. You could have threw the book at us. But instead you gave us mercy and grace. You could have just said, I don't need you. But instead, you said, I choose you. And I adore you. And I love you. When maybe many of us were in a place that didn't seem too many precious things about us, you saw something precious. And you shed your precious blood to bring us to yourself. Lord Jesus, we thank you for the great salvation you've given us. And we thank you, Lord, That all these years, you've walked with us, you've watched over us, you've stood by our side. You've given us counsel, you've given us strength. You've been a shield all around us. There were times we could have went the wrong way, but you steered us the right way. There were times life hit us and we didn't see it coming. But you lifted us up, restored our strength, and led us forward again. We thank you for that. And now, Lord, as we praise you, receive from our hearts gratitude and thanksgiving. For we are a thankful people for all you've done for us and all we have in you. And Lord, as we pray, if anyone's here and they need to have an assurance that things are right, let them come that they might have that assurance. If there's anyone here and maybe this need a touch in their body, Let your healing virtue flow. If there's anyone here and they're just weary because they're just fighting the fight and they're going through a storm right now. Well, Lord, 
as they cast that care to you, please release new strength to them. Now, Father, bless us all to time and bless these precious ones in Jesus' name. And everyone said, let's give God praise and thanksgiving. He's been so good to us. And if you need prayer, come and we'll pray and we'll believe God together.